first record of the day, Serving Up Gary's Way, is uh, Hold the Girl by Rina Sayawa- uh, Sawayama. There you go. Yeah, so if you say it slower, you'll get it. You're saying Sayawama, it's Sawayama. Um, Sawayama. I gotta, get, I gotta get Jean in here. Be like, Jean, how do you pronounce this? Help. <laughs> She's gonna smack you and be like, yo, this is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck you doing there, boy? I'm like, I'm it's like this. It's like there's no even. There's, there's no like. It's not even like a Kaido or a Kaido. There's no even like weird vowel shits here. This is just phonetic, dude. Uh, okay. Anyways, we we could go ahead and just do that clean if you want. I can't no, wait till we go live. <laughs> no, just leave it in. Leave it in as is. I don't give a fuck. I gotta get used to that, anyways. Um, Behold the girl is 13 songs, 46 minutes long. Welcome to Audio Face. We're an irreverent podcast about music news and culture that mostly matters. I am Sean. I am Dan. This is episode 244 of this fine established podcast where you will find music, stories, and all sorts of goodness um, on here. We were reviewing three albums today. Um, we have Hold the Girl by Arena Sayawama. Um, I'm going to fuck all these names, by the way, so I apologize um, because this is how we do it. We have uh, The Side by Joe. And then we have the Mars Volta with a self-titled record. Um, three very different records, very different genres, different artists. But this is what we do. This is why we love this podcast and why we bring it to you guys. Because no one else talks about this stuff. So we got to bring it to you. Yeah, we, we, we curate albums the way no one else does. Uh, we're great. Enough blowing smoke up our asses. But this time on our single segment, where we usually do um, hot new singles mm-hmm. that have recently come out. We're going to do an electronic sort of pivot with two recent electronic releases that have come out. Yeah. Um, one is off um, by Hardwell. He's a very prominent electronic musician. He just released Rebels Never Die. And there was one song off it called Pac-Man that was, you know, one of those like kind of like witty electronic things like people saying. Dark rooms, munching pills, and listening to repetitive electronic music. Repetitive electronic music. Repetitive electronic music. Um, we didn't, people were saying like when we were kids that we were become like Pac-Man playing video games. No, we're not. That's ridiculous. Um, munching on dots, uh, dancing to electronic music in the dark, running around in rooms and shit. It's just, I'm messing up the thing. It's funnier than that kind of, but my main point is that, wow, um, Hardwell is making music in 2022. That sounds like music that he made in 2012. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. It sounds like. You know, 2010s, early 2010s era EDM, it's all right, but nothing crazy. Yeah, it definitely plays better for certain contexts, like if you are exercising or if you're actually at one of the live shows with a lot of the music. But you've heard a lot of interesting things from electronic music. You're starting to see a lot of genres dig into electronic music for inspiration. Um, You hear something like this, and it's very uninspired, to say the least. And um, a lot of Rebels Never Die, which I listened through a little bit, was... um, yeah, uh, very uninspired, I would say, unfortunately. So, you know, uh, we like to get electronic music releases, especially albums on Audio Face, to get to kind of listen to. But a lot of them just kind of 
are DJ mixes <laughs> or, you know, just like a little bit not exploratory and Hardwell is just like one of those examples. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's, it's hard, and that's something that I would like to have a well, more of a conversation on. So, what? It's hard. You, you said <laughs> two laps, um, three laps. Yeah, I, I would like to dive in more at some point in the conversation about electronic music and how we should review it. Slash, also like what the good electronic stuff is. It's a lot of it's mixes. A lot of it is. You know, on SoundCloud or other things and not actual albums. There are a few of them that we have reviewed on here that are fantastic, So, but those are quite rare, I would say. Way too rare, that's for sure. Um, yep. And next we have Forever by Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs, aka Teed, off of When the Lights Go, which was another release they um, did. And Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs, they've made a few types of electronic things here and yep. there. Some things that are like a little bit more peppy. This is a little more slowed down. I'd say almost a little bit too slowed down because this was really bending the definition of what I could call like a, a, an electronic dance record, so to speak. Yeah, it's on the border of it. It reminds me a little bit of some of Daphne's work, but not as inspired as Daphne. Uh, that's very short and sweet. Yeah, I mean, that's the way to put it. And then, um, this is a little bit of a curveball, but uh, another thing was put on here by a producer who will decide to go unnamed for this hot take, was Big Wild, which was uh, apparently an electronic release, but I listened to that also, and it was even less of an electronic release. And... Um, This other producer on Audio Face said, uh, having given the Big Wild album a spin, it's a pop psych rock album with instruments so different from where he started. It's always interesting when a pip- an artist pivots their sound significantly. That being said, the album's bad. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Want me to throw you even a big curveball? Oh, yeah. Did we ever review There Better Be a Mirror Ball by Arctic Monkeys? No, we did not. No, we never fucking did, did we? So, uh, new hot noise single <laughs> in the um, there, There'd better be a mirror ball by Arctic Monkeys because uh, inside baseball, we're going to record the Arctic Monkeys bonus episode today. Um, members get that early. Sign up on the Syndicate Twenty Three Network. Join uh, Syndicate Twenty Three dot co. Yes, there you go. Sean doing plugs. Um, uh, Arctic Monkeys, one of my favorite bands. Um, one of my favorite records we have ever done on this podcast was Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. So this is the lead up to the release of The Car, which will be out in October. More on that on the bonus episode and stuff too. But they did release a single, I like to say, two weeks ago. And I completely forgot to mention it last week. You ought to know I'll have a heavy heart. So can we please be absolutely sure? That there's a mirror ball 
Um, I'll put it on there. Just way too much music. But anyways, Better Be a Mirror Ball is just this beautiful track. Just, you know, more of the style of Tranquility Base Hotel Casino, that slower jazz theme. Uh, but not in the concept of a, a moon colony hotel. Um and that they did for the previous record, but more in that still that similar style, which I actually think suits the Arctic Monkeys now as they get older and everything. And the production's great. Alex Turner's voice just as bloody fine wine every time goes up. So um, yeah, I, I love it. I li- talked to a couple of other people who are big out to Monkeys fans. They like it too. So um, yeah, I'm very excited for the car and we'll review that. Yeah. When I. Sell. I actually did end up listening to it in preparation for said Arctic Monkeys oh, bonus. I, I'm really excited for it because we've done a couple of bonus episodes behind the scenes for the upcoming member appreciation month. Mm-hmm. And a couple of these are redos, so we get to kind of tread old ground. Yeah. We never did an Arctic Monkeys bonus, though. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really exciting. I got to listen to a lot of classics that I hadn't listened to in a while, but I did finish with There um, There'd Better Be a Mirror Ball because... We usually finish our bonus episodes by going into the single before their next biggest album. And so I listen to that as tradition. And so I am actually prepared for that this time. And to that, I am perfectly comfortable with the sort of like slower Arctic Monkeys that you've seen, I'd say post AM, the tranquility based Mm -hmm. thing. This feels a little bit different from that. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of these slower songs on that album as like a sort of curveball that the boys are throwing at us. Um, but I think it's very beautiful and I think it could mark a, I'd say the biggest thing I would worry about from this record is that it is too much like a part two to tranquility base. And I think it could mark a transition and a little bit of a shift from that sound. Again, it's very hard to judge a record Mm -hmm. off of an entire album off of one single and with bands we like and bands that we know are very good, we're going to be extra critical and extra um, uh, scrutinizing, let's say. But it's, of course, because we love them. And, of course, uh, make sure you're followed Audio Face Pod on wherever you're listening to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., or YouTube, youtube.com slash Audio Face Pod, so you don't miss any of our Arctic Monkeys content. On the YouTube as well, um, I'm going to post a retro review of AM, by the way. That's going to be out of our um, bonus episode, so I'm going to post like just that, oh, and that's going to be and that's going to be like yeah. a special um, little gift out there. So if you're just yeah. subscribed to the YouTube and you're not listening to all the other stuff, then uh, look out for that, and you'll get to kind of enjoy that as we go through. But yeah, excited for that. yeah. Um, also, what folks should be excited for is Power Report Live. We are really alive and kicking on that with yeah. Twitch.tv/slash um, Dan from the Web or youtube.com slash Dan from the internet every Thursday, live, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, going through the biggest political stories of the week. Something about doing a show on Thursday evening, I end up catching all the big political stories of the week. So make sure you check that out. And we've plugged all the Syndicate 23 member stuff. You get the PowerPoint episodes, you get the audio face bonuses. Um, and yeah, you'll get all the special member perks. A couple of them are a little bit delayed. I'm sorry for that, but you see all the content that you're hopefully getting as a result, and hopefully that's good. Thank you, Peter. If you need your um, fall music releases mastered or your podcasts mastered, um, making the sound sound nice and crispy and good, go to Peter at PJS Mixed It for all of your music um, or audio production needs. And 
the Untitled 2022 AS playlist that is in our podcast description and the YouTube description has all of our favorite songs from 2022. We have added quite a lot there from the past couple of weeks. We'll be adding much more as the year rounds out. So do not miss any of those. With that, um, like I said last week, we have Member Appreciation Month coming in October. You're going to get an exclusive episode. We are not releasing this one publicly. It's going to be on Junior Boys. It's just going to be a special, like, really nice treat. Um, and so maybe I'll do the same thing where I release a um, retro like, clip from that as a, like a retro review of one of their early albums. But um, you'll be getting that exclusively as a member. And then you'll be getting the 1975 bonus later this week followed by the Arctic Monkeys bonus next week as well. Those will be first for Syndicate 23 members, and then the public will get those via podcast a little bit later. Um, And then if you want it on video, you have to be a Syndicate 23 member. Just do that. It is awesome. It is really cheap as well, and we really appreciate it because it helps us grow this thing, and boy, is it a growing. Anyways, we go into the first album. Sean? Let's do it. Um, Part two of me trying to pronounce her name. Uh... <laughs> okay, so Japanese names are usually pretty simple because they're very phonetic. So if you just pronounce it like the the four syllables through, you will get it right. I guarantee. I guarantee it. I guarantee. I'm going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. Um, first record of the day, serving up Gary's way is uh, "Hold the Girl" by Rina Sayawa- uh, Sawayama. There you go. But "Hold the Girl" is thirteen songs, forty six minutes long. I believe it is Rina's second record, second LP. Off yes. the top of my head, I know she had a, uh, I believe a self-titled um, record in 2020 that was pretty popular, I'd say. Also one of the Dirty Hit and Associates, by the way. Um, Dirty Hit LLP. Dirty Hit just pumping out them fucking artists, man. Um, so going in and hold the girl, I didn't... I did listen to her full record about maybe a week ago leading up to this uh, just to kind of get a sense of some of the themes because I didn't really listen to it too much, but it was vaguely around in, in it. But Hold the Girl, I actually really, like, for the first half of the record really blew me out of the water for a pop record. Um, something that I've been saying for a while for pop and everything is, you know, Lately, it's been do it's been very good. Where you have like Trixx making really good records, Billie Eilish, and so on and so forth. You have a lot of talented female artists that are kicking it, just kicking down the door and going mental. But Hold the Girl to me seems like almost like a compilation of all of the new sounds and ideas that I've heard the past maybe two to three years of pop into one record. There's a lot of like jazz influences, a lot of pop, just normal influences, a lot of electronic influences, and her voice is absolutely incredible. Um, I would, the beginning of- not, not to totally cut you off, but I would say some of those influences, I would even go back to that sort of dark era of pop that stands in direct contrast to what we have right now, where yeah, you like had a lot of... Era and I, I think songs like Hold the Girl are a direct callback to Madonna and Lady Gaga. Oh yeah, I was going to do the Madonna comparison, especially for Hold the Girl. Like that one reminded me a lot of Madonna. Even um, yeah, the self-titled tracks oh, okay, two songs in. Yeah, and but we'll I'll, I'll think of another one. There's one off the top tip of my tongue. But anyways, yeah. Minor Feelings is a beautiful opening track. Like absolutely love it. Like the way it just builds and builds and really gets you into the mood of the record. Like oh wow, all right, it's it's going to be one of those and. After that, you get the title track, Hold the Girl. And it reminds me of like 
Madonna and almost her voice sounds a little bit like Cher in the way too. Like, I could totally see that. Yeah, the way it's done, but in like, but in such a modern way that it has a lot of throwback calls to the early aughts, late nineties um, inspired pop. But it's, like it has that like runway sort of like glitz and glam to it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and with that, it's just I really enjoy it. Um, this hell um, right after, I believe, like I like to say. Um, Oh my god, well, I can't think of his name. Big British pop artist. Elton John, there you go. I think Elton John has producer credits on it, I believe. Oh, that, that um, would be very interesting. That would be very multi-layered. Because the song's sort of like a very like queer liberation song in a way. It's meant to play off of the idea that um, people in the LGBTQ plus community are constantly told that they're going to hell, essentially. And so she's kind of spinning that and saying, okay, well, if we're all going to hell, we're going to make hell a very fun place. And so it's, she was saying like, I want this song to be like played as people are like going out, like to their like nights out of whatever they're going to be doing, like um, kind of reclaiming and subverting that entire thing. So take that and then add Elton John onto it. If that's the producer credit, I'll um, confirm, but that would be a really solid move. And um, yeah, Father Elton, Father, Father Elton John Misty over here has been doing a lot of <laughs> ghost producing. He's been doing a lot of producing. I am actually not a big fan of Elton John. His solo work, I've never been a big fan of it. But him as a producer, it he is fantastic as a producer. And the stuff that he's done later in his career, I think in the pop genre, has has done a, a lot of. He's done a lot of good stuff. Um, and yeah, you're anyway, correct. Like, you're correct on the um, Elton John on this. Production yeah. I thought I heard something about it where she changed some stuff because of his input and everything. And also reminded me of um uh Lord, I can't think of anybody's name. Who is who is that? Um uh, he did that song with What's Her Face on a pop record about two years ago that is very popular. No idea. Um anyways. But anyways, I wanna say it sounded it reminded me of that. But anyways. Catch Me in the Air, Forgiveness, both two good songs. Um, and the thing that I really appreciate with the record is it's constantly changing themes. It's not like some of the pop records we've gotten lately, it's been kind of monotone or it's picked one one particular sound and it's just stayed with that. This is, it's varied. Like if you go like um, Holy Till You Let Me Go and then Hold the Girl, those are two very different songs but they're cohesive and they fit in the way of the record and i was actually looking up some reviews and some people were saying were weren't totally happy with the record because they weren't saying there were any super hits or whatnot and i can agree with that where they were like they weren't necessarily super standout songs but as a playthrough as an album it's fantastic 
And I think a lot of people are mis- misjudging records, misjudging projects, because a lot of people want the hit. They want the one song. They want the two songs, the three songs, whatnot, that they'll remember for record and they discard the rest. And I think we're getting in an era, especially with pop, with indie. You can even say some of the past couple rap records that we've done, the age of the full record, where we are really getting to the point of artists actually taking time to develop their thoughts, develop their whole projects, and not necessarily make, this is a hit, this is what you're going to get. And actually, you're always going to have artists that want to do that. You're going to have your Drakes. You're going to have your Beyonce's and stuff that will make a long record, but there's only a couple standout things from it here or there. But with a lot of these other artists and smaller artists, they're just making really beautiful concept records, making beautiful projects that are just playing through. And we've had so many that pass uh, like all summer long, really. Um, dare we say if the album is dare we say if the album is back because the album was hurting for a while, and we've been talking for the past five years about yeah. how we like <laughs> we like music because we like albums, we love concept records. Um, we like when artists can say, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, here is a story I want to tell or a picture I want to paint, and I'm going to use some songs to do that. And I'm going to... I have did a lot of thinking about this this weekend when I was thinking about some of the bonus episodes we're doing, and it's, it comes down to execution at the end. Um, not only are you a talented performer, not only do you have a great production team and good people working with you, mastering and, you know, marketing that goes along with it to make sure that, you know, all the visuals hold tight and work well together. But it's doing that all at once and like doing that all at once very, very well and like properly executing and landing on it. I mean, something you were alluding to in the beginning is that the first half of the album kind of just blew you away. That leads to say, like, the second half of the album didn't. And it's, again, it's not like it didn't. It's just that if, if, if you take the argument the entire record doesn't have any, like, chart-topping, like, singles or things like that, and I would hazard to disagree. Um, hell, I think you have songs like Forgiveness, who I think are very understated. They're very, um, like, powerful. Um, Frankenstein, Phantom could also kind of fall along those points. Despite that, I do think the latter half, while it, it is very concepty, it is kind of like flowing into like really what Rena's like songwriting is, it, it does kind of fall into that point where I look back and I go in, okay, what 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 is her history? What's her discography? Oh, this is the second record, which means we have to look out for the curse. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it always kind of comes out in some way. And I think this is a really well executed record as I kind of laid out what mm-hmm. I define that as. But yeah, I think that second half that there could have been for something that is being such an ode to pop in general. It seems like it's missing a couple of those like real pop flares. That being said, it's totally not unheard of, especially in an album kind of world where it's everything gets so flooded where songs get a second life through like a TikTok trend or something else that happens in like an appearance in media, so to speak. Yeah, so yeah. easily 
this could be something to where one of these songs ends up like blowing up and popping off. That's happened before on Audio Face. We're like, we don't necessarily see what song that's going to be in the review, but we go six months later. Oh wow! Of all songs, really, that one's getting a lot of airplay. Interesting. Like, could- like the the prime example is B two B with coffee. Like that song just exploded up, and I'm like, that's a really random B two B song to be going up, but okay. And that's kind of the world we live in now. But I think hold the girl for a second record. It's. I think it's fantastic. Um, there is some issues I have with it. I do think it is top heavy within the way it is. I not necessarily like the pacing towards the end of the record. I wish there's a couple of songs kind of changed up. I don't necessarily think she needs to cut anything on this. I think all the tracks or everything that the tools are there. Just a couple of editing things or thing like you could move it. Like example, I would love to have forgiveness and even hold the girl. I would actually like to have those more towards the middle or the end of the record, more than having those ones more up front of it. Um, but after like their self-title, there's big differences between the two records. They are they're both obviously pop, but I feel like Hold the Girl is really her trying to step out of the comfort zone, trying to understand herself as an artist and get ideas and other things and experiment, try different production values, try different things, work with other producers, work with other people and see what you can come up with. And for that, I think it's very, very good. And the pop genre this year has, has been fantastic. And this is another one of those records that I really didn't expect much going into it, but it blew me out of the water. I like it. I like Same. It arbitrary scale this week. We do arbitrary scales every week on Audio Face because our review is our review. And rather than explain out and make it simpler, rather than make it simpler how we think about the album, we'd rather make it complicated by giving it a weird ranking system. Uh, very much unlike Anthony Fantano, who scored a, um, y- y- you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give us a, a, a sportsman-like clap over here to uh, what happened later with Anthony Fantano a little bit later this week, um, another music critic on YouTube. However, um, his ranking system kind of sucks, and even Drake pointed it out. So we're going to give this ranking system melons this week, so different kind of melons. Uh, this album, I'm going to give... And, you know, I'm going to go off of the BoJack Horseman ranking system, so uh, no one likes cantaloupe. That's just the only rule. Cantaloupe's the worst one. I'm going to give... Really? I like cantaloupe. See, I don't like... uh, What is the green melon? Is it honeydew? Honeydew. I hate honeydew. Honeydew is the worst. It's just fucking water. I think that might... I might be confusing it. Um, Cantaloupe goes hard. Honeydew is just brutal. Like, if I get a fruit salad, which I get a lot, and I see this honeydew in it, I tell them to just, I return it. And I'm like, don't give me that shit. Yeah, yeah. Honeydew's the one. Honeydew's the bad okay. one. It's, um, honeydew's awful. It's bitter. It's water. It's like, why are you giving me this shit? Don't give me honeydew. Again, if you give me honeydew in a salad, I'm not doing, I, I'm not going to do business with you. Like, to, I'm just going to return it and return to sender and be like, no. To quote Bojack Horseman, God damn it, honeydew? Jesus, why does cantaloupe think every time it gets invited to a party, it can bring along its dumb friend honeydew? You don't get a plus one cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. It's like I enjoy ideas and, um, and ranch dressing. It's me, yeah. me and honeydew. So, um, I'm going to veer off entirely, and I'm going to give this cantaloupe. Give this cantaloupe. I, I think it's a solid cantaloupe. I think it's a good. It's one of those cantaloupes where you, you get a cantaloupe and you get like a little ice cream scooper and you scoop up the cantaloupe because that's how uh, that's how you're raised and that's the best way to eat cantaloupe. Good to know. Yeah. Next up on the docket, want to take that? Yeah, we have uh, 
uh, Decide by Dijot. It's 13 uh, songs, 36 minutes long, uh, serving up Gary's way, Dean. Um, this is, I believe, maybe a second or third record, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. so Joe um, is actually Joseph uh, David Keery, who is best known as playing Steve Harrington in Stranger Things. Which um, everybody says I fucking look like, so stop saying that. I'm over it. My hair is spectacular right now because I've had a haircut since February, and everybody's like, man, you look like Steve. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to punch you. When you have the long hair for short, but he's like more of a brown hair, so I don't think that works out. Um, But yeah, he has a side music career. The first album was 2020. It was released in 2019, so a little bit jumping the gun there, bud. But, you know, technically COVID-19 came out in 19, even though it was spreading in 2020, so, you know. He knew. (laughs) <laughs> we report you decide on that. And um, he's also done a little bit of work with a band called Post Animal, I believe. But yeah, Decide is his second sort of LP project. So he's fairly, you know, um, active in the music space. But this is another thing where I was not expecting or like not really thinking of what to expect here. And then I played track number one, Runner. And I was like, Oh, this might be one of those situations on Audio Face where we have like um, the horrors by five, which horrors, is like it might be like a horror. It's exactly <laughs> it's it's like a blend of all of my favorite weird indie shit into one record. It is. There's a lot of sounds in here that actually remind me a lot of uh, early Neon Indian, like Psychic Chasms. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that there's a lot of stuff in here later in the record that reminds me of Julian Casablancas and the voids and shit like that. Um, Yeah, the voids especially. Hell yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of good indie rooting in here. Um, There's a lot of good instrumentation. I love the way Runner kind of blends and Brave flips into track. things it's really really good and i like how it, the, the album really hits the ground running with the first two even three songs i'd say um really yeah. great first three to open the album and you continue to get like really good tracks through that yeah you i mean the thing i like about it is it's very experimental but in a reachable way where it's not too out there to where it can't reach people, but it's not too generic either where like my experimental ass won't enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of different sounds, a lot of different themes that you'll get through it, but again, it's it's cohesive. It works together. Like The bottom half of the record and the top half of the record are very different, but it all fits together. You know, in a 36-minute record, you can he's doing stuff where you can just make whatever you want in 36 minutes, but like it's showing you that you don't need to use like an hour of time to get out what you could do in 36 minutes. If you can do all this experimentation, all these different sounds, all these different tracks and everything in indie and pop and um, like alternative in that space, like he's showing that you can do it. You don't need to take an hour or so. There's maybe only a couple bands here and there that need to do that. And I love it. Um, that I'm kind of skipping ahead, like that bottom half of the record, I absolutely love it. Like, 
is that all it takes? Um, go for it. Figure <clears throat> out. Like when I got to that point, like those little, like the transition. Figure you out. All it takes um, to go for it. I freaking love that. And then figure it out. Figure you out. Love it. And these people would just like. Yeah, Figure Out's a really incredible track. I think <clears throat> we did the beginning with Runner, we did the end kind of nearly with Figure Out. Yeah. Um, the middle with On and On, I think that's just a really nice sort of... Mixing all of those things together, you get some of the neon Indian sounds, you get some of the Julian Casablancas things, especially with the mm-hmm. vocal layering, I would say. That sounds yeah. very reminiscent of that. And it's really, I'm impressed because you have some tracks in here that are like a minute long, 20 seconds long, things that you would usually, or two minutes long even, things you'd usually throw away as like interludes, but they piece the record together, which, to, and, and then to the point of what you're saying with album construction and timing, one, if you're releasing an album in 2022 that's over 50 minutes, you need to earn it. We've kind of said that a lot here, which means you need to be an artist who has shown you can do that kind of storytelling and execute it well. Or you've like, <laughs> yeah, you're really putting yourself out there and that might be a check you may not be able to cash at the end of the day. Because art, because, of, because of albums like this, because artists are packing so much into so. 35, 40 minutes. And then my last point is that most albums that express an electronic flair get really chaotic near the middle or near the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as they like start with their ideas and then, you know, they're just kind of all over the place because they're like too many ideas. I mean, you have some bands. Too many uh, notes. Yeah, yeah, you have some bands um, looking at you in 1975 who are very mature, so to speak, um, as far as like having released a lot of music and being very far into their careers, who still release albums that are just like all over the place. So, to put something that is pulling from so many inspirations and is definitely experimental and indie, but to make it sound cohesive, is a testament to Joe's talent, not just in Stranger Things, obviously, but no, no, the the guy's going for a Gambino here. <laughs> He's actually a good musician, too. And the funny thing is, I have no idea that that was, uh, that was the actor. I was just like, oh, this is Joe. I was like, okay, cool. And then I listened to his first record before getting into that, and... The guy's really talented. I mean, that is, that's a good, very, very good record. A very good second record, too. Um, this is the indie I've been craving. This is the indie that we need. I will say, one thing I don't usually notice with records, but like, usually I get through two, maybe two and a half listens to an album um, for audio phase. And then maybe I'll revisit it in a couple of weeks when I have time again yeah. in between podcasts or whatever. With albums that I like, I was listening to it a lot and a lot because I really liked it. This one on like my third or fourth listen, I don't know. There were some songs that was starting to kind of get like 
over. And I don't know, maybe it was just because I was listening to them a lot in a short period of time. Probably a lot in a short period of time. That's happened to me a couple of times with records. But like, usually, like that did not happen so quickly with the horrors for me because I did that very often. And so, well, the horrors is S tier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Five is like untouchable audio face. Just I will never forget listening to that album for the first time and just sitting there like, this is um like this is unbelievable. It's like fucking OK computer. It's just you're not gonna touch it. What what I'm hearing from you is that I need to stop comparing everything to my peak sexual experiences of listening to the horse yeah, for the exactly, first time. Like, like exa- yeah, exactly. Like not everything could be great sex. Sometimes you just get the job done, and other times it's like mind-boggling craziness. Times change, values don't. Okay, but overall, <laughs> overall, uh, this is a very good record. Second album, especially, very very good. And I am very curious to see the experimentation that Joe continues with. Like he has earned my, he was earned my respect. He's he could have taken a lot of my. He could have taken a lot of my, what is this TV kid doing here kind of yeah. attitude. But you know what? That causes me to um, judge my bias and my prejudice. See what I'm doing there? Open-minded Dan. Open-minded Open Dan. Dan. I like it. Yeah. Arbitrary skill this week. Types of melons. Fucking melons. Um, this, is, this is a good watermelon. Even though I actually really don't like watermelon at all, I appreciate that people really like watermelon. Everybody thinks I'm crazy for it. So it's a good watermelon. Like it's solid. I'm not gonna I'm gonna hold my fire for my watermelon. This is my <laughs> this is my pumpkin. Pumpkin, okay. Yeah. Um it, it represents arguably the best um holiday of Halloween, of course. And Halloween, the best ho- Halloween is my least favorite holiday. Members portion. <laughs> members I portion. I fucking hate Halloween, but members. Audio, audio face debates. Members portion. I'm I'm writing this down because like we need to. I know we have things to do technically, but I really want to have this conversation. Um. Okay. But lastly, we move on to yeah. our lastly. We have uh, the Mars Volta um, self-titled record serving up to you, Gary's way. Fourteen songs, forty-four, forty-five minutes long. That's that's let's give it that forty-five minutes long. Uh, Mars Volta, one of the bands that have been around for a long time. I have never heard of them. Um, mm-hmm. Just one of those things where we can't listen to everything. It's just impossible. We got day jobs and shit. But you know, uh, it's like wild. They've been around for a super long time. Like they've been around since two thousand two. They've been you know, floating on some of the weirder projects, they're actually, I didn't realize this until today, they're on one of my favorite um, random rap projects from the early 2000s, Handsome Boy Modeling School. <laughs> they, they actually did a song. Yeah, they actually did a song on there. And I'm talking like, I could do like, an, I could do like a single audio face classic alone on this, but they did the song A Day in the Life with RZA. And this is an album where you have like Del the Funky Homo Sapien, De La oh, yeah. Soul, um, Father Guido Sarducci. 
uh, <laughs> Pharrell Williams. Like this was as odds hits, baby. This was a very unique record um, in that. But no, like the Mars Volta in general, they were on that record, uh, and they've been on a hiatus essentially for ten years. The last album they released was in 2012, and so 18? <laughs> no, no, 2012, <laughs> and um, that was Nocturne Kit. Wow, I, I'm amazingly surprised I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, I would not be able to, so I'll give that yeah. to you. And so they're coming back with a self-titled record. They've had time to reinvent their sound. Truthfully, I'm going in kind of cold, because like we said, we have not really heard this before. <laughs> and this was another case where I was like, oh my god, do we have a, a horrors on us? Because um, Black Light Shine <laughs> was a goddamn phenomenal intro. I will say the intro and the outro of the song are of this Fantastic. album are intro and outro of this album because I confuse song and album so much so I understand in the edits. Um, my most memorable of the year. Some of my most memorable intros and outros of the year. The, the requisition is one of my favorite album enders in a long time. It's up there with Preoccupation's new material, their ending track on that, which is still my favorite ending track that we've reviewed on Audio Face. Um, but the requisition, I absolutely love that track. Like it was on repeat after I finished it. But this album is fantastic. It's for a band that has been around for so long. It's nice to hear a lot of different sounds. Granted, I'm not super familiar with their discography. I did listen. After I did a first listen to the record, I just randomly put their stuff on shuffle and hit like seven random tracks. I don't know what albums from whatever, and they are definitely not similar to this sound at all. Like example, Shore Stories, this really nice alt alt track that has a lot of pop motifs in it, but it's this nice slower ballad that you just go into and it just I really like it. I love the vocals, the layering that's done on it, and the thing with this record is it has a lot of old themes like it has a lot of almost like 70s-ish inspired like jazz tones and other things that you'll get but they're very very hidden in the way that they're made and i appreciated that because it's something that i think you don't get that much in alternative or in indie or pop as much as i'd like to like obviously a tranquility base hotel and casino a few years ago but for the way that they did it on their self-titled record, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, the song right after that, Black Condolences, it's blank just... Condolences. Blank Condolences, sorry. Um, it is... Why's it got to be Black Dan? Huh? Why's it got to be Black Dan? <laughs> I, I, I had a, black Debbie, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> blank Condolences, rather. I 
really enjoyed. It had this like kind of smooth grooviness to it. Um, the vocalist in there is kind of like singing their set, like just below falsetto kind of way. Yep. It has a good overall composition to it and is a really good setting point for the entire album because it then goes in a bunch of kind of chaotic fun places. Like, um, to, I mean, Vigil is a really like high point in the album, but right after that, Que Dios Te Maldiga Mi Corazón is like this wild... Like something in my heart, that's all I know. <laughs> you, you, we're, we're learning, Sean. Why, getting God, why God my heart? Something. There we go. It's this really fantastic sort of interlude thing that's two minutes long, but it's a great song all on its own and breaks up sort of the calm serenity that you get from Vigil and kind of gets the album continuing on its pace. Again, this is all three albums this week played well as albums. They were albums in the capital A audio face sense of the word album. Like, and that's why I had that thing going on um, the first record I reviewed because you know this is the year of the record, man. It's just we've had so many unbelievable records where the award show is going to be freaking difficult, man. I don't know how the hell we're going to do it. It's just the world is ending, but damn, the music is really good. So 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 good. Um, to the latter half, I'd say of the three albums we reviewed this week, um, Rina Suwama's most new and Joe's. Yeah, I'd say the second half is the strongest. Uh, tracks like Palm Full of Crux, um, Ecu- We're Out, <laughs> Ecu's <Yeah>. 3. <laughs> Ecu's 3, I was going to say, I wanted to talk about that. I'm like, I don't know how to say that, but Ecu's 3, Ecu's 3, whatever. Great track. It's thing that I like about it, like they have this really nice little funk beat that they have. Like they make the vocals have a wah effect through it, and the way he he uses his falsetto but uses it as a tool and not as something to rely on is nice. And I like that and I appreciate it. And he executes it very well on this record because males doing falsetto voices, it's hit or miss. If you use it as a tool and you know how to do it, like, example, Alex Turner does a very good job of that for Dr. Monkeys and that Shut Up Puppets. More on that later. Um, and there's other artists that really don't do it that well. And it can distract you from it. Like, And we've had records on on this podcast where I'm like, this is just the, the vocals that distract you from it. Yeah. The way he does it on the Mars Volta record, is, it's fantastic. He uses it as a tool and all the instrumentation, all the production around it it's and it's this really nice harmony that you get throughout it it really helps accentuate a song especially like accused three where you have like a yep. Jimi hendrix kind of guitar in the background yep. like yep. a really good bass line throughout it it's a, a song that is 
not necessarily experimental, but like approachable and surprising. Like it, it doesn't. It feels like a very, very fresh modern rock song, taking the best of the classic eras of rock music and incorporating that into even some of the more newer stuff that you got from the highlights of 2010s rock music. I'm oddly, this is only a thing I've realized over the past month or so, but I'm very excited for rock music again in like this decade. And like, I I was not feeling that way. Um, Honestly, 2022 is an interesting year in this podcast because a number of different reasons. Um, But I think it's most interesting this year because I have different opinions about every single major genre than I did going into them in this year. Electronic, I think, is about the same, but I'm more hopeful for just about everything. Yeah, I think Electronic is the only one I'm not super hopeful on. And I am and I'm not. It just kind of depends. The rest of it's super, super on it. Like, yeah. Rock, indie, alternative, raw. Like, there's a ton where every album we're getting is just I don't know what to expect, and I love that. And it's it's it's, it's a renaissance. Yeah, here it is. Arbitrary scale this week. We do arbitrary scales because our view is our review, and rather than just telling you how we feel about it with a normal ranking system, we're going to tell you how we feel about it with an unusual ranking system that we change every week. So there. This week, um, it's melons. This is my melon of water. Nice, juicy, seedless, preferably. I think we have one of those bashes in the refrigerator that we need to cut up. Um, <clears throat> it's great. Good for summer, good for fall. Um, fun for the whole family, quite literally. What right. are you going for? Um, is a papaya considered a melon or no? Hmm. It's like borderline. I would, it's a melon-like fruit. All right, I'll allow it. Fuck it, my podcast. Yeah, it's, a it's, it's actually considered a berry. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, no, no. Whoever said a papaya is a berry needs to go home and rethink their life. Listen, I don't understand. To me, it's kind of like genre, right? Like, <laughs> all right, all right, I, right. I, I can't really call a tomato uh, whatever it is, like fruit. a fruit or a vegetable. Like, I know it's a fruit, but like, I... I it, it's like tomato is the R and B of the of plant things that we eat. Like I don't like the category uh, at all. Red it's light indicates tomatoes are secured, <laughs> or something like that. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, stories. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna do stories. We're doing a lot for members, so we'll just like throw in some news stories here. First of all, there are a lot of. We cover a lot of tragic, dumb things that artists do because they stay on tour very long or they don't take care of their mental health. So yeah. we thought we'd really quickly spotlight a good one. Uh, Disclosure's Howard Lawrence, uh, one of the Disclosure brothers, has decided to drop out of tour to look after himself, saying that he yeah. has been um, struggling <clears throat> with himself being back on the road and touring again. What were you going to say? Yeah, he, uh, out of the Australia leg of the Disclosure tour, he's not going to join his brother Guy and for... Um, going all the way out to Australia. He said that he's been touring nonstop and everything, but he's going to actually, he wants to work on some music. He, he has some ideas and other things that he wants to work on, but he's burned out, which I completely understand. Um, but his brother's still going to go and do the shows and everything, be like a 
one one man show in a way, but still they have a crew and everything to help him with it. So at least they'll still have some of that. So they'll honor their um, patrons and everything around Australia. But you know, dude, take time. Don't ever burn yourself out. It sucks. Burnout's horrible. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think disclosure. Look, like <clears throat> Howard and Guy are phenomenal. How time. Howard and Guy are phenomenal musicians. Also electronic music is like one of the most easily just hit space bar and walk away kind of like live affairs possible yeah. no one would notice everyone's on drugs you will be fine um well tower which one plays bass i i'm I, off the top of my head i don't remember but i'm saying even with disclosure like these are things yeah. that can be rec- recorded like you have you can have the bass like samples you can have the stems of all these different parts of the song and you can just play them out very easily so it's these things are not hard to do especially for disclosure um or especially for an electronic music artist um and yeah hopefully he takes all the time necessary to get better Okay. So, uh, one another little bitch, Robert Kelly. Um, he was found guilty on child pornography charges. Um, he was uh, convicted in an Illinois, Illinois, as I like to call it, federal court on Wednesday. Um, on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, he's facing I think what thirteen, fourteen counts. Um, he's found guilty on three counts of child pornography production. Um, and then the <laughs> the worst one. Um, he was found guilty on three counts, um, and then including the sexual exploitation of his then fourteen-year-old goddaughter. Um, Can folk? Oh God! So, so yeah. Well, this this was something we'd been covering on the podcast because, yes, R. Kelly's already in jail. Yes, R. Kelly's been charged for like a number of different things under the sun, and has been like federally found guilty of doing these things. Um, largely because there were a number of witnesses, largely because this was an entire operation that was essentially uh, child or human trafficking and like yeah. trafficking of people who were, who were minors. And uh, the the third kicker was a lot of this was on video, and like the, the worst part. And we were talking about like uh, legal situations we don't envy for a thousand dollars. Being being on the jury where you had to review Whoa, the dude. R. Kelly Video. child pornography cases where, yeah, he's depicted in these videos s- raping his like his relative who was a underage girl. Yeah. It's it's some of the sickest stuff. Um and when you add the fact that it's like systemic. I mean, I don't think it's very far to say that R. Kelly is the black Jeffrey Epstein. To the extent, except that we don't know that he was, like, giving women to other people, but we do know that he had other people in his operation. We know he had operatives. We know he had people who were Mm -hmm. um, threatening people on his behalf. We fucking did the story where someone's car ended up on fire. Yeah, someone's car got set on fire because they were trying to out R. Kelly. Like, it's insane the amount of like witness intimidation that's been going on, all the other things. I mean, you could just look at the cases. It's absurd how deep it goes. And, you know, he deserves all the jail time and some. Yeah. 15 more. Yeah. I have been gracefully out of the larger um, abolish prisons or not abolish prisons conversation currently happening on the left right now. 
I, 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 I'll say I sit somewhere in the middle. I'd say abolish most prisons. I'd say abolish like 90% of the prisons. Uh, I, I don't believe in rehabilitation for R. Kelly. I, no. I, no. I, I quite frankly don't believe in wasting jail taxpayer money on R. Kelly. I, I hope you know what that means I'm implying. I'll let, you, I'll let that be left there. But um, you, you got to do what they do in Texas. <laughs> no, I mean, like, d- d- the Bible. You, you, <laughs> you, you didn't think I would throw this on your right? All right. <laughs> yeah, no, we got that there. We got that there. The That's Bible. <laughs> Please stand by. We'll be right back. <laughs> perfect fucking picture to me saying there hey man of, fucking take that 70% off there. <laughs> 99% off there squarely Dan I wasn't done the bible says that much worse should happen to the people Bash. like Bash. who have done things that R. Kelly has done alright so old, if, old, read the old testament baby this is one of those rare occasions where the American judicial system is not going far enough against a black man, all right? <laughs> Again, I will have that clipped out, and I will stand by that. The American judicial system should be going harder on R. Kelly. They should bury him under the jail. They should demolish the jail, not by, like, docking it down with a crane, but by putting sticks of dynamite up his ass and then putting him by all of the necessary beams in that jail and then knocking the fucker down and then getting the crane and then using it into mulch to build a new park there and then tear that park down and build a parking lot, a really ugly, brutalist parking lot, and then tear that fucker down and build a nice little community center. So, uh, Post Malone fell off stage. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm staring on the surface there. Damn, I thought you were going to go much harder than that, Sean. I'm scared. <laughs> this. Due to, due to the conditions of my parole, <laughs> I may not comment further on the destruction of R. Kelly and said that I may or may not be the one flying a jet into said parking lot. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll make sure there are no steel beams in that parking lot. I mean, my, my jet fuel will burn it. I don't know what you're talking about. My jet fuel burn <laughs> twenty one. All right. Uh, uh, spe- speaking of um, rock stars, see what I did there? Hey. So Post Malone um, ate shit on stage. Apparently, so he um, actually pretty bad. He injured his ribs, but he's he spoke out um, about falling, injuring his ribs on on stage. Um, but it's crazy. Crazy. He like, like fell really, really bad. We got the video. We got it on tapes. We got the tapes right here for you fine folks. But he injured his ribs so bad he actually had to go to the hospital and everything um, to go get them checked out. But needless well, to say, well, it's let's not look good. At, yeah, let's look at the and video at first. The yeah, let's, let's go to the video assistant referee real quick. Roll uh, videotape. Ah, uh, there's no sound on this one. That's but right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Get> that. Oh, <laughs> just falling in stage. I'm like, huh? Falling in stage. You're like, <laughs> okay, that's evil, <laughs> Daniel. That's gratuitous. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna strike on YouTube for this. <laughs> Dude just got like fucking snipered in the stands right there. Like he just straight up got slew footed in ice hockey. Just like, um, just. 
This is Post Malone's response video. His post hey, St. Louis, um, fucking love you guys so much. Um, thank you for the patience. Um, thank you for putting up with uh, my dumb ass. There was a, a big... Uh, so whenever we do the acoustic part of the show, uh, the guitars on the guitar stand and it goes down and um, there's this big asshole. So I go around there and I turn the corner and bust my ass and um, winning me pretty good, uh, got me pretty good. And we just got back from the hospital um, and everything's good. Everything's good. They gave me some some pain meds and everything. So pause. Big mistake. <laughs> and we can keep kicking ass on the tour. I just want to apologize uh, to everyone in St. Louis, and I want to say thank you guys so much for coming to the show. And next time I'm around this way, um, we're gonna do a two-hour show for you, so we can make up for um, the couple missed songs that we missed. And um, thank you guys for your support, and thank you for your love, and. And thanks for hanging around, um, uh, even though I got my ass kicked by myself. So um, I love you guys so much. Um, thank you, man. Have a great night. Uh, I have to go to one better angle of the fall because that was oh, too wholesome. Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> This is the one. He's like, while the lip syncing is still going on. He's like, the, <laughs> his, his legs are wincing like a spider who's just been like electric fly zapped. It's like, oh God. Ah. Oh no. Oh no. Jesus. Oh, um, I have a closer angle too. Would you like to see that? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. The fuck? This is audio face baby. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay, I have no sympathy for him because he's wearing a St. Louis Blues jersey, so um, <laughs> God knows. God's plan. Good lord. Okay, hold on. Let, let, let's, uh-huh. let's watch this. Dude, that has some bounce to that. That was that was that was more than the ribs, dude. That was some like he's Indian organ oh, donor. Spleen. He's <laughs> ruptured your spleen right there, dog. You might even get checked out. to burst your appendix on that too. Get that checked out as well. Uh, that 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 among other things knocked a couple years off of Post Malone's life. I'm sorry. Oh man, holy shit. That being you said, another, you better get a face tattoo of some ribs. <laughs> oh man uh, uh, <laughs> I could keep already. <laughs> pumping blocks no no so you haven't even seen this part oh he's reaching out he's like don't ask me if I'm alright give me the jaws of life I like this guy over here who's like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> oh shit, is he really? <laughs> Americans, look at this. <laughs> struggling up stage. He's so badass. Look at that. It's like, help. Hold on, dog. I got you, dog. I got you. <laughs> no, no. Homeboy uses post me as like a little clench on right there. See, look at this. See? It's like, oh shit. Ah. Uh. He's like, brother, I can't get up, brother. I need some help. Let me hold on to you. He's like, I have a pain, dog. Get your hands off me. <laughs> Posty, where's your life alert? Holy shit. That's fucking Dude, We're going to hell, man. That was, that was terrible. That's like a, like a triple X tentacion level bad. <laughs> Holy we're shit. going to hell. I mean, nothing beats that, but we are all right, we're already wow. in hell. All right. And um, believe it or not, you always like to face on an even funner note. And uh, boy. Be better than Melonhead and Drake. <laughs> Boy, how do you do? We have a doodah for you today. So, um, coming out a uh, ye old consequences sound. Basically, um, Anthony Fantano trolled Drake into getting his DMs leaked. <laughs> and so, originally, how this happened was that like Fantano received a DM from Drake, and. I love I love the photo, the consequence of sound here he used. It's so brutal. All right. And so basically, Drake DM'd uh, Anthony Fantano, uh, Needle Drop, music critic on YouTube. Have never heard of him, honestly. And um, totally kidding. Uh, he, he he's all right, um, and he's a leftist, honestly. So we like that. But yeah. of course, we do our music show differently than he does. We find ranking systems to be arbitrary, so we yeah, give you an arbitrary ranking scale. And he, you know assigns whatever to whatever anyways uh drake dm'd anthony fantano anthony fantano decides to troll drake by not releasing the dm but releasing a fake dm that his editor wrote apparently that was a link to a vegan dessert recipe and it was like a lot of people believe this but my you know my bullshit meter from being in politics was going up and i was like why would drake of all people send fantano a vegan dessert recipe so so you know something's something's not smelling right and it's not because it's a vegan dessert recipe so you dig deeper and you don't have to dig any deeper because drake leaks the actual dms the actual dms which say your existence is a light one and oh no let, let me get this open in the hd your existence yeah, is a light yeah. one. And the one is because you're alive and because you somehow wifed a black girl. I'm feeling a light to decent one on your existence. Now, that second to last sentence, Drake. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Let's unpack that, sir. Let's unpack that a little bit. Um, because somehow you wifed a black girl. Hmm. I, Drake, do you have... Uh, concerns with your perception. Of Drake, we know being you like black? blackface, so you know. We Drake, know how you feel about yourself, Drake. We know you're not showing all that love to those sisters. I mean, uh, uh, the, the old story of Adidon. He he turned out uh, not <laughs> not quite a you know a little, little French, let's say. Little, little, little not, not not the Jamaican French either. It's a little... Not like that. That's a little Parisian. Yeah, so um, this was probably one of the best things that could have possibly happened to Anthony Fantano. Um, 
He did an Instagram live addressing the beef. He then did a YouTube video addressing the beef. And it was ultimately, he described the story kind of as I summed it up here. And he was, even though Fantana was mercilessly trolling Drake on social media as this was happening, what Fantana was saying in the video was like, listen, if you were to send a message apologizing for like what you're saying and it's like, you know, saying, hey, listen, out of pocket bygones at bygones, I wouldn't even talk about you responding to me. It would just like, that would be the end of it. We can just kind of move forward here. But um, <clears throat> it, it begs the question, why is Drake, you know, a clown, someone we make fun of all the time, release one of the most pathetic um, things put to wax in 2022. Um, and yet still the top selling artist of this generation, uh, top charting, rich, famous, conventionally attractive, can have like pretty much any woman he wants. Why is Anthony Fantano living in his head rent free? <laughs> Dude. I don't even know. Drake is just so pathetic. Like he lets any little thing crawl under his skin and will cause all these stupid beefs around if anybody criticizes him. I'm just waiting for him to call out us randomly too. Um, That's the just- second question. When we are at the level, let, let's hope it happens while Drake is still making music. How mercilessly are we going to be trolling him? I can't say that on air, but it's going to be to a level that is... It's, it'll be a level. There's levels to this shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go... Oh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't say that on air either. Um, we, we've learned. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we learned the line. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, l- let's just say... No, 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 no. Uh, predator drones. Y- y- you won't know what hit them. I'll just, I'll just leave it like that. The, the, the best offense is an offense they don't know about. So exactly. l- l- let's just say we'll have a field day should that happen. And you can and help that happen by growing the podcast. What are you going to say? Yes, can. Um, no, nothing. Just drones yeah. are drones at the end of the day. You can help that by growing the podcast. Um, subscribe to AudioFace. Get us a drone. <laughs> Get us a drone. Oh, dude, please. <laughs> Time to pay the bills. AudioFace is brought to you by Raytheon Technologies. <laughs> It is brought to you by Boeing. Um, they provide us with this fine drone here, and it's really doing well. You can follow us at AudioFace Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you tweet at us, uh, the drone will strike. <coughs> oh, wow. I can't say. I can't finish that. Oh, shit, don't say that. Don't finish that. <laughs> follow us at AudioFace Pod on all social medias, uh, youtube.com forward slash AudioFacePod for YouTube, where we post all the clips and stuff, and you can talk about Dan's drones. Um, you can follow me, SW Suarez, if I trust you or not, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Dan whether he trusts you or not at Dan from the web on Instagram at, or on Twitter and Dan from the internet on Instagram. Um, also at Dan from the web on, on Twitch and uh, TikTok. Dan from the internet on TikTok. And God for sending. Fucking damn it, stop changing your goddamn name every two seconds. No, no, <laughs> I, I didn't change it. It's, it's... No, no, you don't have to change it. Just stop having three different goddamn names. Two, and it's all because of uh, the the Dan from the net problem, the Dan from the internet problem. How someone always gets it first. Anyways, um, for Syndicate twenty three members at join.syndicate23.co, Sean and I are gonna have a very quick debate over why Halloween is or is not the best holiday. 
because um, apparently we have strong disagreements on that. And of course, we're sending it 23 members. You're going to get a lot of different bonuses, including the 1975 bonus, including the Arctic Mon- Monkeys bonus, and including the very special members exclusive Junior Boys bonus. Check that out. We'll appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.